The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Scott Jenstad is traveling with the family this week for Easter. Fear not. I've got the Fab Whisperer here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Fab bids. Look ahead at the week uh, that is and look at behind at the week that was. Next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, uh, brought to you by uh, our good friends, uh, both at Vivid Seats and a new sponsor, Rival Fantasy. So we're looking forward to having them aboard with us. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Vlad Settler. You can check out Vlad's work at FTN Fantasy, and of course, you can follow him on Twitter at RotoGut, not RotoGoot, RotoGut. Uh, I think I'm the only person I've ever called you Goot, but that's all right. It's just my uh, Scandinavian nature. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having me, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Uh, this is uh, obviously a very uh, popular show, one that I listen to every every Sunday, actually Monday on uh, on Monday yeah. mornings on you know my walk and drive home. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and you're like me. You walk the dog a lot, listen to podcasts. It's yep. a great way to consume fantasy content. I uh, love doing it that way. And uh, the dog gets, uh, is, is, gets his happy time too. And walk the kids and the dog at the same time, all the better. Yes. And, and, and obviously the, you know, then you get distracted and sometimes the dog gets into things he shouldn't, but right. That's that's the nature. What's a little stomach flu between dog friends. You never know. Um, all right. Lots of stuff going on. Um, to talk about here. Uh, it's a busy, it's always a busy fab week. Honestly, I was telling you off air. I feel a little out of step this year. Um, I didn't get any of the big names. I I was on, they were in my list of bids for the most part. I don't feel like I'm missing names, but I'm way off on the numbers. Like I don't, I didn't get any Francisco Alvarez yet. Uh, maybe that's in part because I threw on an own, my own governor's switch on me, but I didn't get Bryce Elder like I wanted. Mm-hmm. And a few other people I missed out on. I, I, I just feel like everybody's on it first of all, and always early season bidding. I'm, I feel like I'm a little half step behind. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the, you know, the, the governor's mention. I mean, you do have to keep yourself in check and just remind mm-hmm. yourself it's a long season. And I know myself coming off the 2020 year where we had a third of the season with the same amount of money. We were really overspending. And I feel like in 2021, uh, there was a hangover effect for me and for a lot of folks where I just was out of fab early, wasn't really used to that. And that actually carried over for me last season. And when I really could have used a push and have the hammer uh, down the month, uh, down the stretch, down the month of September, I didn't have it. So I want to make sure that I have that intact this time around. Uh, And then last week I did do a lot of spending, uh, actually overspent on Tyler McGill 
apparently in a lot of places. Uh, even uh, Trevor McGill in one spot by accident when I was running through quickly. Uh, and uh, so this week I kind of dialed it down a little bit. Most of my Francisco Alvarez bids were, were keep them honest spots um, for the most part, rather happy with my catchers. And then also I do have a lot of J.D. Martinez and Shohei Otani. So I know eventually Alvarez will get that catcher eligibility. But I also have some concerns about whether he'll be worth uh, some of the large bid amounts that we saw today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in those leagues where you've got a UT guy, that UT only guy, I mean, it's hard to justify spending triple digits on anybody that you can't, you literally can't use for at least a couple of weeks and maybe longer too. We'll see how many starts uh, Alvarez gets, how many games he gets behind the plate. He's at one right now, mm-hmm. count him one. So uh, we got, we got nine more to go before we can use them behind the plate. So perversely, if you have Travis Darno like I do in one of my main events, I can't use them this week. Why bid big? I mean, I can't use them. By the time Darno's back, I mean, you know, by the time Alvarez gets that eligibility, Darno might be uh, back. It's seven-day IL. Um, We we don't know. And Darno's playing a lot, too. Yeah, so I actually had a scenario where uh, I got Darno on my super auction squad, and Mm -hmm. I made the conscious decision that I was not going to bid on anyone. I didn't really have an easy drop, very tight roster, and... uh, Though I usually preach the do not take zeros uh, mantra, I, I felt like in this scenario, I think it was fine. I think, uh, you know, I think Connor Wong was one of the options I was looking at uh, just because they, they do, the Red Sox do face a lot of lefties this week. He does seem like, you know, obviously how many stolen bases uh, Mr. Reese McGuire is allowing just seems like yeah. it's a good week for, for Connor Wong. But outside of him, like there really were, weren't any catchers. Like I'm not going to have like a, you know, rental Ryan Jeffers, right, for a week and then drop someone good. So I just made a conscious decision uh, that I would sit uh, or that I would basically just take zeros there for Darno. Um, and part of that has to do with the fact that the rest of my offense has really been slamming uh, and doing really well. So I felt comfortable doing that this week, though. Not always yeah. recommended. Yeah. The Heart Foundation says, how about Logan O'Hoppy? He's killing it right now. Hey, if you're in a league where Logan O'Hoppy is available, jump on that. Absolutely. Um well, the leagues that we're Wad and I are discussing, for the most part, in the NFBC environment, where we're talking 12 teams with two catchers or 15 teams with two catchers, Ohapi is nowhere near available, unfortunately, for us. But uh, instead, I've got Austin Nolan for a buck. Uh, that, that's my that's my huge prize, uh, and that's not much of a prize. I'd rather have Capisano, to be honest with you, but he's not available either. So that that that's the that, that's the uh, waters I'm trolling right now. Unfortunately, the league where I do have Travis Darno. And Ohapi, actually, I picked him up in a 12-teamer last week. I think it was for like 50-something, where I actually had solid catchers. So I, I think mm-hmm. it was Alejandro, or no, it's Sean Murphy and uh, Gabriel Moreno. And I just felt like that was the type of scenario where, hey, let me grab Ohapi, play the matchups. Uh, that roster didn't have a lot of injured guys on the bench. So uh, Ohapi paid off this week. He's looking really good. Looks like uh, Looks like a future all-star to me. Playing more than Sean Murphy before the Darno injury, too, actually. And no, much to the consternation of many guys, it's 10 days. Don't cut Sean Murphy, please. Don't yes. cut Sean Murphy. Um, I, I don't think that that playing time scenario is going to really play out that whole way the whole way through. But anywho, um, I will get back to more fab. I just want to start off the top because Alvarez was the big name. Actually, let's finish with let's put, put a bow on Alvarez here. Uh, mm-hmm. What did he go for on average in your leagues? Uh, I, I think I saw like a, a 180, uh, another one he got through for only $82 in, yeah. in, in these are main events that, that I'm talking about here. And, uh, oh, and it was actually rostered in a couple of other ones. And then I've seen some OCs where he's basically between a hundred and, and $200. Uh, I, for the most part, I kept it 
rather keep them honest. Um, even though I knew that I pretty much wasn't going to get them. I started right. off with like an $80 ish, uh, keep them honest. And I dropped it down to 50 sixties and I ended up getting them nowhere. And I, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I, I did want them in one league, but, uh, I wasn't, you know, totally swinging for the fences there. Uh, I went for 49. I think I bid 35, 37. Um, yeah. And that was the, an online championship. Uh, it ranged from 250 to 95 in my uh, 50, in my three 15 team main events. So uh, well, that was the range we had there. I didn't want to ask him. I mean, so let's say he was catcher eligible. I mean, like what kind of numbers would he be going for? It'd be crazy. Yeah. I, I think he'd be going 250 would be your floor instead of your ceiling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think so, especially, I mean, let's face it, unless you, I, I have seen main event teams that have loaded up on elite catchers and they're, they're not going to be in on it, but there's almost always there's someone that needs someone there. And, you know, it, the, the power skill is great. I mean, Gordon Gecko uh, was tweeting out about how he's got 70, 70 power there and, you know, almost trying to pump up the bids, I think a little yeah. bit there, but uh, that's Mark Strabo, by the way, uh, yep. great uh, NFBC player. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I just I, I don't know if I would have gotten him then because I you know part of me is, doesn't know what the Mets commitment is to him. Uh, I know eight to nine mm-hmm. weeks uh, for Omar Narvaez is a long time, and Alvarez should earn the job even when Narvaez comes back. But if he's playing two or three times a week versus five four to five, that's that's a big difference. It is, and then also when you're a rookie and you're not getting um, full complement of plate appearances, and you right. can kind of get out of rhythm, I think that can affect them as well. I don't I think especially uh, being a rookie and there i think he might struggle a little bit with with uh, with with strikeouts and just just in general so i don't necessarily think that he's a a slam dunk guy to begin with yeah bottom third of that mets uh batting order though uh needs some help uh you Mm -hmm. know they they got nothing from the catcher spot eduardo escobar's on thin ice Uh, if brett Beatty didn't get hurt over during the week uh, i think there might have been a call up this weekend on him so uh, that's another place where they could look to improve but I, i think that you know that division there's always that sense of urgency with uh, three elite teams. Absolutely. They have to make a push. I mean, right now it looks like it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, hate to say it, but it, it really looks like it's a, the Braves division to lose. So the Mets are really going to have to step things up this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Braves are, you know, I think six and four after the loss today to uh, the Padres. We'll talk about the Braves momentarily because they've got some issues of their own. We talked about Darno, but they have some pitching issues as well. Uh, let's jump in though. Big news of the day has to be O'Neill Cruz with the fractured ankle there, that awkward slide at home plate. Um, you know, Sebi Zavala talking smack after that, uh, that play and all that, all that, that ensued, but this is a bad injury. It's going to keep him out for a long time. And then when he does come back, there's a question is, is he going to be able to run like he did before? Yeah, it's uh, it's very unfortunate, especially with um, what a how well he had been doing early on in the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, the walk rate was up to sixteen percent. Uh, obviously, you know, kind of the, the bases he was stealing were pretty easy. It seemed uh, just one home run, but man, right, like the hardest hit of the season, I believe. Yeah, uh, and it, it would have been a really, really nice season for him. So that's very, very unfortunate news. Big time. Uh, so we'll watch to see. Uh, you know what the the. the what the, what the pirates are going to do there at shortstop. But uh, I mean, I mean, maybe put, put Bay at uh, second base now a little bit more often. I don't know. We'll see wh- how they man- maneuver around. But if you have O'Neill Cruz, I mean, what shortstops are even there for the taking? Well, that's kind of the problem this season, especially, I mean, even in 12 teamers, to be honest, I mean, it is very, very thin uh, as mm-hmm. far as the middle infielders are concerned. Uh, um, I mean, it's really bad. I mean, we're looking at guys like uh, Michael Massey and and Kyle Farmer. 
Uh, those are the guys that essentially people were bidding on. Uh, Rodolfo Castro got a little bit of a little, a little slight bump, bump after that news. And I thought something came out as well as far as him uh, essentially manning shortstop for a little bit there. Uh, but I think he's going to be the guy to hold it down. He's been, he hadn't played much, I think, in the first week of the season. And then now he's played three of the last four games. Uh, right. and might even move up in the order. He had been hitting seventh or eighth. Uh, but yeah, he's a switch hitter. He's got some power. Uh, as our friend Rob DiPietro calls him a hammerhead. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman <laughs> would call him a knucklehead. But uh, but that's uh, that's what we're looking at now. Yeah. Uh, so and, and the Pirates quietly kind of off to a good start this season. Uh, they got some good pitching uh, against the White Sox. Good. They hammered uh, Lucas Giolito on Friday night. Uh, man, the White Sox are just their pitching is just a lot of stories of destruction so far involving White Sox pitchers. Yeah, I mean, the hitting side looks absolutely fine, but obviously yeah. the pitchers, it was nice to see Michael Kopik bounce back a little bit. But yep. speaking of the Pirates, I mean, Brian Reynolds is the number one hitter in fantasy now through uh, a week and a half. Yeah, he is. Uh, that's right. So, uh, you know, that's, hey, good for good for him. Uh, and you got, you know, that's only going to enhance his trade value uh, at the trade deadline. At least that's the assumption is that he mm-hmm. might be one of the premier guys to go this year. Already issued the trade demand. Uh, doesn't seem like they're anywhere close to getting anything done there, but uh, we'll see. Maybe he doesn't get dealt, but uh, you got to think that that that's probably uh, one of the big names. I know there's always been rumors about the Yankees. Like they're not going to do it now, but he should be one of the first guys to go if if, if the Pirates are up to doing it. Yeah, huge bat. It would be nice to see him uh, to go anywhere. Hey, Dodgers could always use an outfielder. They need a they need pitching too, though. Yeah. Uh, as Peter Shanky uh, suggest asks about, are we dropping Michael Grove? Got smacked around by the Diamondbacks today. Bad, bad weekend for the Dodgers. They're, they're, you know, Thor looked terrible yesterday. Uh, even Kershaw had some troubles. You know, we don't really, wor- not really worried about Kershaw, but you know, this is not a deep rotation right now. That all the depth that they've had in previous years, it's it's not there. They're they're waiting on the kids. Yeah, and then we'll get Tony Gonsolin back, which I think will, will be helpful for, for as sure. long as he's in the rotation. He's fantastic uh, over the last few seasons. One of the best earn run, run averages in baseball. Uh, and, and a really solid pitcher, but yeah, Michael Grove, uh, that was brutal. I only ended up with, uh, with one share last weekend and it was one of those, well, let's just, yeah, uh, two step. He's a Dodger. Wasn't a necessarily a great minor leaguer, uh, or even last season, uh, Pepia would have, I think would have been nicer. Uh, and just, I won him by like a couple of dollars last week and just, Hey, let's let it ride. But man, that was brutal. Just really wanted to get him out there. And I, I mean, that really hurt nine earned runs. Yeah, twelve hits. Just ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Grove's a drop, right? Yes, I I went ahead and dropped them right away. The yep. fifteen teamers. I feel like there are just so many pitchers. I mean, even two steps, even guys like Wade Miley, Kyle Gibson, that I'd have no problem uh, grabbing uh, ahead of him. So yeah, easy yep. drop there. It's kind of funny. Like I was looking at Arizona's, maybe not a, necessarily a positive matchup, but not one that would kill you. But man, it. The, I think the speed is getting to some teams and they're, they're hitting the ball with some authority. And the funny thing is they got guys that still haven't cu- quite got untracked. I mean, yeah. Jake McCarthy hasn't done a whole lot yet. Christian uh, Walker. Yeah. Christian Walker. And we know he, how he can get hot. So I, I got to think that they're going to have their stretches there where those guys are, are going to be pretty hot too. I mean, they're starting to become a team. I just don't want to mess around with. Yeah. And they, to me, I, I don't know what their record was against the Dodgers last season, but I always feel like they kind of have their number for whatever mm-hmm. reason there. They you know, win some series from them. And I think a lot of us identified Arizona as an up and coming offense, like one that was worth drafting in certain spots, guys at ADP. And they just seem really pesky. Like this is a a really good team. You mentioned the speed. It's, it's 
really pretty solid from from top to bottom, right? I mean, we, what we even got a home run from um, Geraldo Perdomo today. Nick Ahmed is stealing bases and, and hitting. It's it's kind of uh-huh. wild. Perdomo was playing a little bit more than I thought he would too. That's uh, almost a straight timeshare between he and Ahmed at shortstop there. And you know, Rojas is losing a little bit of playing time because of all the the mixing and matching that they do. I was concerned about that a little bit because he got platooned in September last year. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun team. Uh, and if they get, and they've still got other guys still coming up too. uh, Jordan Lawler someday will be their shortstop. Yeah. Uh, that's another guy to be on the lookout for Brandon fought. We'll see when he gets the chance there, but, uh, right now it's going to be Dre Jameson. Were you on Dre Jameson at all this week? He just wasn't really available where I want him. I think uh, right. a lot of very sharp folks picked him up in, in main events last week. I think maybe in a couple spots, I, I just, you know, threw, threw some down on him. He just went way too much. I think, in one main where he was available, he was the second bid, and I think it was like 160-something. Pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that, that is pretty crazy there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I I definitely wanted my share of him, uh, and I think I, I still would have preferred him if he closed because I think they have a problem in the back end of their bullpen. Uh, but, you know, on a related note, I did get Andrew Chafin in one league, so uh, I think he will be the guy that gets the majority of chances. I think that's a, our plurality maybe. It may not even be a majority, but uh, it certainly won't be a solo closer, but uh, we'll talk about that uh, momentarily. Uh, one other news item, uh, injury item, well, two more actually. Uh, Adam Duvall left very late, uh, tried to make a catch in the ninth inning against the Tigers, and seemed like he, seemed like he hurt his wrist. Don't have reactions yet to uh, – uh, re- re- I should say we don't have uh, the response to uh, the MRI on that, the exam on his uh, wrist, but he was killing it yeah. for uh, the Red Sox. There, not just at Fenway helps play Detroit next, uh, even though that park's not a great place to hit home runs. He still found a way. Um, you got any Adam Duvall in your life? I do. Uh, he was one of my um, late round outfielders. He was going after the 20th round in DC season. So February, even January, I, I was picking up a lot of him, uh, grabbed him on some OCs as well. A lot of those teams are in good spots. And I think on one main event, so I had some competition there, just one of those guys that you figure, you know, nice change of scenery hit nearly 40 bombs a couple of seasons ago, uh, knew that he was an, a detriment to batting average, but you never know. So very nice week and a half from him hitting nearly 500, uh, 14 RBI. Looks really good. So this is a shame. I hope he's okay. Um, I don't know why. Just this weird feeling that he's not going to go on the IL and that he'll be okay. But I mean, that's just I, I have nothing to go with on that. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it, it's almost wish casting. And sometimes yeah. you know, it's it's a gut call though. You're known for those. Uh, they have a seven game week coming up here. Uh, four big games at Tampa Bay and then uh, three home games against the Angels. Mm-hmm. So it's a busy, busy week for them and. Wow, already pretty huge series, uh, pretty huge week for Tampa Bay, by the way. 9-0 start, they're aw- awesome start, but four games against Boston, and then they get Toronto, I think, at the end of the week. So you're mm-hmm. looking at uh, all of a sudden, this. It, it, you know, they had the JV schedule to start the year. Uh, they're an SEC team, and you know, of course, and in the state of Florida, and now they have to, they're going into conference play now. It, they are. Um, this has been great. It's been a nice ride, but I know – Reality is going to send in a little bit. I do like the team a lot. I think it's probably the offense I have most exposure to. Like anyone you name, you know, Lau, Low, uh, you know, uh, Yandy Diaz, Siri. I have all these guys, Parides, everywhere, just scattered through every team. So part of the reason why a lot of my teams are off to nice starts. I do think they'll have an okay series here against Boston, kind of keep things going. Uh, but mm-hmm. of course, it's it's a long season. There are going to be ups and downs. Uh, Siri, unfortunately, already hit the IL. 
Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. But man, team is phenomenal. And then on the Boston side, you mentioned a really interesting schedule with them facing six lefties this week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, even little things like, you know, I've got Christian Arroyo. I think he's probably going to play a lot more this week. Uh, maybe some, less of uh, Tristan Case, uh, Cassis and, um, you know, more Rob Refsnyder, I guess. Yeah. And uh, when you get more Rob Refsnyder, it's a good day. So uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, you know, they start off with uh, Beaks on Monday. I think that's, is that, is that an opener? I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, front be- of Fleming. For Fleming. Yep. Yeah. And Fleming's the one guy on the Rays that did not have a good start to the season there. Got pounded in his first start. So I can see why they want to have an opener in front of him there. McClanahan gets two starts. Big, big week for him mm-hmm. and big, big week for people that drafted him, uh, McClanahan. Yeah. It's a uh, man. The pitching staff is phenomenal. It's like, uh, uh, we have to be reasonable and know that there will be games where, I mean, it it seems like Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen are going to do this every single game. <laughs> they are human. They will get blown up, um, yet they can still provide a great profit, even at their um, insane helium, right? I mean, they were these were guys that were going in the 150, 170, 80 P range previous to live main events, and then they were going literally right around a pick 100. So incredible right. helium there, and people have been ecstatic right with their performance so far uh, but there will be bumps in the road it will not be as smooth as getting to play oakland and washington all the time exactly right exactly uh the braves we mentioned them uh travis darno on the uh concussion il seven day minimum could be longer um we'll see about that one michael harris also on the il this one was kind of a surprise because if you saw mm-hmm. the play it was a stolen base on thursday night tweaked his back you know like uh day to day didn't even you know immediately didn't see anything serious Take to out for precautionary reasons. Then Friday, IL. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't like seeing that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real bummer. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, now you're looking at the bench, and it just it, in, in the team in general, it looks a little different, right? I mean, I'm happy for my boy Sam Hilliard and the fact that he's made three straight starts, hitting ninth there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's obviously the best case scenario for him to be able to play on the Braves in this lineup. But looking at a bench now of uh, you know a pretty much half dead Kevin Pillar. Eli White, uh, Harry Adrianza, the corpse of, um, you know, right. it's just the a, reason that Vaughn Grissom's in the minors, also known as, because uh, he can't yeah. lose Adrianza, just can't, he can't expose him to waivers. Yeah. And considering he hasn't even made a single start yet this yeah. season. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I haven't tracked too closely on Arcia, but I don't think Arcia is a bad player. So I kind of get that a little bit. Yes, and decent defensively. I think he had some web gems over the over the weekend, and hasn't missed a game yet. He's he's I believe he's not sat yet. Played every single day. Yeah, um, still still batting eighth and ninth uh, for the most part there. Um, bottom third of that order, Zuna is not hitting well so far. Um, you get Arcia, and then you get Hilliard or whoever else is in the outfield there. Yeah, but Arcia is all right. Came into tonight two eighty six with two homers, seven runs scored too. That that's pretty sweet from the ninth spot, eight nine spot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got Eddie, Eddie Rosario in this lineup now, um, hitting six. He's essentially supposed to just be hitting against uh, uh, righties, right? Uh, but you know, hey, they might have to have him in the lineup a little bit against lefties as well. Uh, How long do you? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they. You probably can do a platoon split with him with like a guest with Kevin Pillar or Eli White, but I don't know. If you drafted Vaughn Grissom, say you did earlier drafts uh, in a Fab League, how long do you hold on? That's tough. I think it depends on your roster and the flexibility. I think if you're able to hold Vaughn Grissom, you should. 
Uh, but with the seven-player bench and injuries hitting like wild and perhaps you have some other stashes, uh, it's really tough to do. Uh, you know, I, I've got some Carlos Rodon wait in waiting in the wings. I've got a Musgrove waiting, uh, some uh-huh. Mitch Hanniger, um, even holding on to some Brandon Fat. So you know, push comes to shove. you got to make some tough decisions. Um, he, I've seen him getting dropped in 12-teamers. So I think sure. some smart folks are, are picking him up, but they probably have more roster flexibility and are able to to hold them on their benches. Easier to kind of have one stash in a 12 than in a 15, just because replacement level is so high and the guys you can cycle through. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about some fab results, but before we do that, going to have to take care of a little bit of business first uh, with our sponsors. Let's go ahead and uh, start in with our good friends at, uh, at Vivid Seats. Uh, baseball is back, swinging in the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team, live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com. Or download the app today, Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. I've used Vivid Seats before for Dodgers and Padres games. It works out very well. Uh, We are also on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for your indulgence on that. Uh, my guest here is Vlad Sedler from FTN Fantasy. You can follow Vlad on Twitter at RotoGut. Of course, he is known as being the Fab Whisperer. He is does a weekly column over at FTN Fantasy. It's awesome. It's deep. It's in-depth. Deep and in-depth. That's really good, Jeff. Um, it's it's super thorough. Uh, it, it 
not only is it throwing the list of players, but also into bid suggestions. I think that's one of the things I think that's really good for what Vlad does there. So uh, really uh, think you, you, you do well to check it out. Uh, Vlad, uh, this week we talked a little bit of Francisco Alvarez. Let's talk about some of the other big targets this week. Uh, you are big on Bryce Elder for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I mean, being on him from the standpoint of he's an Atlanta Brave pitcher, he's going to get run support, he gets two starts this week that look generally solid on paper at home against the Reds and then uh, against the Kansas City Royals later this weekend. And um, I don't know, I just kept kind of creeping up my bid as the the day went on. I was figuring that if I'm going to go in the 20s and 30s and 15-teamers, I just wasn't really going to be able to get him. And uh, just the way my lineup shook out, especially not – likely getting Musgrove back this week and just some other things uh, just figured it was worth getting him. So I did grab him in a couple of spots, I think in the fifties and uh, we'll see how it goes. He, you know, again, last season in triple a, he was a four and a half ERA pitcher and I, I forgot how many starts, but it was over a hundred innings and came up to the majors and was really solid. And, and yes, in a lot was. of ways, lucky um, if you're looking at his, you know, his um, you know, peripherals there uh, in comparison to his ERA, but, I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. I think we've just been all, I, I don't know. We've, we've been, we've been weathering the storm, right? Just like yeah. getting smashed uh, left and right. You don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know when the gems are going to come, but I'm hoping this is somebody that uh, can maybe hold a rotation spot. I kind of liked him more than Dodd and, and Schuster anyway. So I, I'm hoping this one works out. Yeah. Uh, and Dodd got cuffed around pretty bad by the uh, Padres tonight. Uh Schuster struggled a little bit. Um, Max Fre- uh, Fried's a little behind. So, you know, it looks like there'll be some time. There'll be a little bit of rope for El- uh, Elder here. Uh, Kyle Wright does return on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, velocity was down. That's a problem. Uh, he still got six Ks, but he got hit around pretty good, and the velocity was down like two to three miles an hour. Obviously, coming back from a shoulder issue. Home start against the Reds next week in his two-step at San Diego, home against Houston. Not, not really... Yeah what you want next week. So are, are you so bold to use him this week in his first start back, or are you going to kind of sit back in the main event that I have him? Uh, I'm going to be using him and I'm right. doing it. So um, with trepidation, but yeah, I'm just going to have to roll with it. Hope for the best, just get through five innings, not get smashed around and hopefully lock in a win. Yeah, that, that's the thing too. It's it's two, it's twofold. Does he go deep enough for it even to matter, and does he avoid the smash around? I, I, frankly, this Reds lineup's not very good. Um, and you take him out of Cincinnati, especially, you start to see that. I mean, they 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 won today. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez meltdown special, but prior to that, two runs uh, each of the two days before that. There, uh, you you want that? You want to face this lineup? It's not a good lineup. Will Myers, I don't think, has an extra base hit yet. Um, and he was supposed to be this year's Brandon Drury. This year's Brandon Drury might be Jason Bossler instead. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I do think, though, that you want to, you definitely want to attack the Reds when, on, when they're on the road. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a very unattractive lineup uh, from a fantasy perspective. And uh, I mean, no matter how much I like Jake Fraley and liked his price in fantasy, I mean, this is your number three hitter. TJ Friedel's your number two hitter. Just something about that just feels very beatable. And so yeah. from that perspective, not too worried about right there for that start. Yeah. So I- I'm going to probably be doing the same push and pray with him. And then next week, I'll have that you know, a, a two step. But can you use him in that two step? Uh, you know, the it's yes, it's Petco, but uh... You know, we it's, saw what the Padres did to the Braves this weekend. 
Yes, and and I mean it, it's funny because the Padres started off so slowly, and you saw a lot of bickering on Twitter, like, "Oh, well, you know, this team they're supposed to be amazing." Well, hey, it's only been it's only been a couple of days at that point, and now we'd see what you see what they're capable of. I mean, it looks like Nelson Cruz can still swing it. Mm-hmm. Got Matt Carpenter still hitting bombs. I mean, like you know, the dream platoon, despite how old they are. Uh, so that's a little bit of a scary proposition. Uh, Houston is really hit or miss, I think sometimes, and you know, obviously that's a good pulp, uh, a good ballpark for for Kyle Wright to pitch in if if he's in Houston there it's in Atlanta though oh it is in Atlanta okay that's a little bit more worrisome uh but I don't know that for for some reason like with that Altuve it just kind of doesn't feel like it's a different lineup they there's a lot of swing and miss in that lineup they struck out 13 times against Sonny Gray on Friday uh, and then struck out a ton on Saturday as well and even though uh and you know even though they you know they had the one inning where Yarden Alvarez went deep off of Joe Ryan. They were, there's a lot of swing and miss on that mm-hmm. team right now. They're, they are out of sync. They are that one bad off. Uh, Dubon is getting more of the playing time than Hensley, and I don't think either have been off to a great start so far. Uh, Hunter Brown was great today. Has just kind of saved the Astros on the pitching side of things. But, you know, I, I don't think that lineup's that great. You know, you know I, especially, you know, Bregman's really off to a terrible start. You got Bregman off to a terrible start. You got Jose Abreu, I do not believe, has hit a home run and only three RBI so far. So he's got mm-hmm. a lot of work to do, even though he's been hitting like 325. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jordan Alvarez has been great. Chas McCormick has actually been the yeah. you know, the, the little nice little riser there. And he's been hitting first against righties the last couple of days. So I have Chaz in one of my three mains. And then we were bidding on the other two mains, I think, where he was still available. And I don't think we got him. He was, he was all of a sudden he was pretty expensive. Again, my bids were tepid this week. Very tepid. Uh, so anyhow, um, let's talk a little about uh, who you did get this week. And I've got this, I saw your tweet going out on this, a lot of uh, elder. Um, you, you got a guy that I got as well. And it warms my, the cockles of my cold heart a little bit. And that's Edmundo Sosa. Uh, I, I picked him up for 13 and he was unopposed in one of my mains. And it's like, oh, Okay, he's playing a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you lose half your team. <laughs> this, you know, yeah. unfortunately, it's been it's been rough sledding for for Philadelphia. No Bryce Harper, no Reese Hoskins. Uh, Trey Turner's been okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Nick Castellanos still hasn't really picked up the pace. Uh, Real Muto still kind of you know pressing. Brian Bryson Stott, that has been nice. That has been nice. I mean, I think just this weekend was his first uh, run or RBI. But basically, is hitting 400, stole a base. So Bryson Stott and Alec Baum are kind of leading that offense right now. But Edmundo Sosa, nothing special, right? I mean, he's just uh, what's nice from a fantasy perspective is, as you mentioned, it's going to play every day, uh, can move around in corner infield and middle infield for you. Mm-hmm. I think he, from what I remember from the St. Louis days, could occasionally steal a base. Not really much power, but uh, you know, kind of a good batting average, maybe a. Uh, better man's version of a Jonathan Daza, perhaps. Yeah, um, that's that's a that's not exactly an encouraging comp, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I mean, better version at least. So there's that a rich man's version. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking over your pickups here. Gavin Sheets getting more playing time, and I think this was another uh, uh, schedule special too, where uh, the White Sox are facing a lot of uh, righties this week. Yeah, and that's um, another one I look back and, you know, maybe I spent a little bit too much. So I had a batch of guys with Gavin Sheets. I believe it was like Luke Fraley, um, uh, I think Franchi Cordero, and um, Akil Badu. 
and Eddie Rosario and I and Alec Burleson, I believe. And I was just wherever those guys were available in 15 teamers, I would just kind of mix and match and see w- what I liked best. And I ended up on sheets, but I'm not ecstatic about it. I don't know no. why. Maybe it's just a yeah, previous history. I don't think even though they're facing mostly righties, I don't think the pitchers they're facing are necessarily all that easy to face uh, and can it can go poorly really quick, right? If he doesn't hit any home runs, strikes out a bunch. I think it's very possible. I think there's even a team where I don't even have to use him. I think I just grabbed some outfield depth. Sure. Uh, and the team, the, so here are the starters the White Sox are facing this week. Maeda, who looked really good, mm-hmm. then had fatigue, and we all got scared about that, and then they kind of just hand-waved it away. So we'll see. Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, that's not great. Tyler Wells, Kyle Gibson, Grayson Rodriguez, six righties. No, yeah. no lefties. And some intriguing names. Kyle Gibson with his 17 pitches. Uh, okay, it's only six, uh, but still. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez. What'd you make out of Grayson Rodriguez in his debut? Uh, he looked really good, and it was nice to see him go five, and yeah. it was just a nice, pleasant surprise. Uh, fantastic. I mean, I think most people, or at least my concerns, were not only the innings limitations overall in the season, but how they might be babying him from start to start and the chance of not being able to qualify for a win many times. Right. But obviously, you know, he, he looked really sharp. And uh, he was actually available in a 12-teamer. It yeah. was uh, one where I had already spent, I think, a couple hundred dollars, and I just couldn't do it. I just figured he was going to go for a lot of money. I threw in like a maybe 100 or something like that, and he went for like 190 which makes sense. Seven games for the Orioles this week. He gets Oakland in, uh, in, in Camden. Uh, and then he goes at the White Sox, so that'll be a little bit tougher. But you know, a heck of a first start mm-hmm. opportunity. You just hope he gets the he goes the full five. They don't they don't go six man rotation. Although if they do go six man, then he misses the White Sox. Then he gets the Nats the following week. Oh, yeah. um, so that would be pretty sassy. However, there's they also have a five game week the following week too, so they could do some uh, shenanigans there. So we'll see what happens because uh, they get the two games against the Nats. You know the interleague home rival series mm-hmm. um and then uh three games against detroit also so only five games but man what a beautiful five game slate uh for baltimore pitching wise at least um so anyhow something to look ahead if uh if you're looking there but yeah i'd, I'd like to get me some grace in there for sure i did get him in an ale only because we go old school four by four mm-hmm. on that so he was dropped or you know voided uh basically undrafted because we totally devalue starting pitching in this league but i did snag him in waivers so uh, we'll see about that uh, a couple other guys to bring up uh, closers. It's pretty dim on closers. Uh, there, there weren't too many situations. I found there was like three and a half to speculate on. Uh, that was Arizona, Detroit, Washington, and what the heck the Royals are doing. Um, and, you know, not, not that you can actually act on that necessarily, unless you're in a pretty thin league, but Arizona, you could act in. Andrew Chafin was available in one of my mains. And I happen to have uh, Scott turn your head and McCoff. Uh, <laughs> I know it is, but I just had to make a joke. Anything for the joke. Um, I Chafin, I think, is going to be the guy that gets more of the safe chances than anybody else in that pen. Would you agree? I kind of looks that way, and and you phrase it perfectly because I do think it is a full blown committee. I do mm-hmm. recall, and why I'm still bullish on on Scott McCuff is uh, Tori Lavolo's quote from the preseason is how much he likes him, how much he would love to see him emerge and, and be the guy. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously the, the save leader in Japan the last couple of seasons, but he's looked bad uh, the, these first couple yeah, of weeks in his, in his couple of starts. So it's a long season. Uh, I think there was a 15-teamer where I had to make a decision dropping 
either Sir Anthony Dominguez or McGuff, and I just went with the with the heart. I don't know if it's the gut, but it's the heart in this case. And I and I dropped Sir Anthony, held on to McGuff, and just give him another week, just kind of see what happens. Uh, Chafin and I, I've been watching this these games. I've been watching things really closely, and he he acts the part, he looks the part, he pitches well, and he's very dependable. Uh, and you know they've called him up against tough lefties. I think on Friday it was uh, you know Freddie uh, Freddie Freeman was mm-hmm. up, so Chafin stepped in and just broke it down so um i think he is the lead i agree i do think that miguel castro might get eventual opportunities and i do still think scott mcguff is in the mix maybe even ginkle as well so i don't know that's the kind of the group there you got mark melanson now moving to the 60-day il and you right. got dre jameson in the rotation now so that keeps things i guess a little clearer but not necessarily yeah salser also on the 60-day il that's one less guy they might get uh joe go forth and mantiply uh back sometime oh, yeah. soon and he would be in the mix so mm-hmm. uh that's that's maybe messy one guy to keep an eye on there yeah it's it's so gross um and then you had mentioned i mean washington detroit just just you know bad teams with with little opportunity i assume you know obviously when they win games it won't be by by much usually but um, I'm not a big Kyle Finnegan guy, even though I know that uh, you know, saw some velocity increase last season and was decent. Um, you know, I, I'm still rooting. I, I do like Hunter Harvey. I do like Carl, Carl Edwards, but these aren't ever guys that I think I'm going to go spend massive money on. I think. And know. Edwards wasn't very good when he got the save, although he didn't he didn't start that mess. Uh, to be fair, he stepped into a, a situation there. But Finnegan pitched in the eighth inning with a seven two lead too, uh, so that that's not great. Uh, Detroit, uh, Alex Lang pitched the seventh today. Uh, and it was a two to one game. He made it three to one a deficit, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trey Wingenner pitched the eighth. Uh, I did pick up Wingenner in a league, uh, just because I kind of like his stuff a little bit better. Um, and I'm kind of desperate. Um, I-, I mentioned Kansas City too. Aroldis Chapman got the save on Saturday, uh, and looked good doing it. He's looked good all season long so far. Um, as PJ though says, uh, save on Saturdays because Barlow was not available. Pitched both Thursday and Friday. Um, the thing is, I'm I'm worried only because a why would, if you're the Royals, why the heck do you sign Chapman in the first place? It's so you can make him look like a, a rehabbed great mm-hmm. great closer again and flip him. Um, and that that's the thing that concerns me. Um, in one of the two leagues I have Barlow, I did not back him up with Chapman. In one of them, I did. Um, yeah, I'm concerned. Now, the league where I have both Barlow and Chapman, let me ask you this. Do I start both? Man, uh, no, I guess you just roll with Barlow. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a tough call. You, you make a really good point. And this is kind of a uh, a little bit of a, I don't want to say shady organization, but just, just you know, they're, they're organizations you kind of trust more than others. And, and yeah. Kansas City just is not one of them, especially with what they've been doing to Oliveris all these years. And I don't know, just sometimes it feels like things are personal. I'm sure they're not, but just seems that way. And it would make sense, right? You know, Chapman's look good. Why not give him more opportunities? Um, you know, they're you know, it's also a business after all. So uh, why not flip him? And plus, you do have the righty-lefty thing going on, Barlow-Chapman. Uh, I do have Chapman on a main just by by randomness. Like, he just was, he fell, like, I think four or five rounds after ADP. I needed a closer. I'm like, yeah, you know, I... I've been basically off of him. I have no interest, but let's just take a stab. And I've been playing him, and he's been decent. And obviously yeah. now I guess I'm kind of rooting for him for my team. I'd say more than decent. I mean, the velocity is back over 100 again. Um, you know, the results have been there. He's been getting the Ks. 
so far so good. He hasn't been walking the, the, you know, he had one game where I think he put a couple guys on, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. Did pitch one time with like a four, one deficit. And the problem for the Royals obviously is how many leads are they going to protect? Uh, <laughs> they, they blew a one, nothing lead today when they used uh, Ryan Yarbrough in the eighth. And he's the one that gave that up. They didn't use Chapman or bar, you know, you know, I guess Chapman wasn't available after closing on Saturday. So I guess that's why, but, uh, um, We'll see. Uh, that that that's that's the thing with the Royals, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's a half chance that we're gonna miss out on some. Cha- you know, it's it's gonna be frustrating. The thing is, Barlow will put up good numbers when he's not closing. Uh, that's the one thing he did that last year too, and so I'm kind of okay still with that. It's just I don't want to have to start both guys, but the problem is that right now they're my only full blown closer. So oh, I didn't know that. And thinking in, in a yeah, well, I've got like it's uh, McGuff. I've got in that league too. I think maybe we picked up, uh, maybe we got Chafin there today. I don't know. There was one of those we got Chafin. One league we got Wingenner. I have to kind of look at it there. It's it's ugly all around. But uh, uh, the way, heart- but, well, let me ask you if you don't mind. Uh, speaking of over the hill, you've got um, Craig Kimbrell in Philly, and that's kind of a messy situation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any of the Jose Alvarado? Because man, they, even roster resource too. Yeah, they even moved him to the top of the of the of the closer group there. Well, I think it's like he hasn't allowed a run since like August last year. I mean, he's he's really good. Uh, Dominguez gave it up today. He put a couple guys on and then got babbipped uh, against the Reds today. You know, infield hit by Friedel, and then uh, you know Fraley's hit. It was an, a bases loaded double, but it was a broken bat. Bases loaded double it was very lucky, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, he put himself in, in trouble in the first place, and he spit the bit on that, and it probably means that someone else will get the chance. Kimbrell, I think, is still the main guy, but man, I like Alvarado. I like that suggestion. I think that's a that's a good one there. Um, he was expensive in some leagues. I've seen a yeah. You know, I mean, think, you know, I mean, Greg Jewett picked him up for like eighty, I believe. And Greg and knows his main events. reliever recon, and you know, he knows his stuff. Uh, yep. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Pay attention to what those guys do in fab for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hart Foundation asked about the Adbert Alzale, and I'm glad you asked about him because I actually had bids on him in my NL only in one of my leagues this week. Uh, we have a Thursday night fab. It's commission, uh, the commissioner's Peter Shanky, and he's been like, that's his pet issue. You mm-hmm. know, Senator Shanky likes to and wants to say that everybody should have Thursday night fab, and there's a good reason for that. A lot of series begin on Friday. You know, instead of having everything on Sunday, um, he can explain a lot better. But anyhow, Alzale, 18% strikeout rate or 18% uh, swing and miss, mm-hmm. uh, 42% strikeout rate. Just questionable about what his role is right now. But I mean, by skills, right? Yes. Uh, this is a guy that I was into, I think, at a time where you thought where we thought he might close there. We just kind of weren't very certain of it. This is really before the, you know, the Fulmer thing came on before getting Boxberger. Well, Boxberger signed December, but either way, Alzale has been phenomenal and it, it sucks for, for a fantasy, for, uh, for fantasy reasons where it's just kind of hard to use him. He's just this glorified, yeah. you know, super stud reliever, multi innings guy, but right. he would just be, man, he would look so much better in this rotation than Drew Smiley, for example. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and that's the question is, do you stretch him out or do you uh, or do you use him as a closer? Where is he more valuable to you? Uh, and that, that's that's always that's always the question there. So, yeah. Um, well, for me, he'd be more valuable as a starter because I have Michael Fulmer everywhere and I need the man to close. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I should say what's more valuable for the Cubs, not for us. But um, it's a good point. All politics yeah. are local. Yes. 
All right, uh, we're going to take a look ahead at the schedule for this week and maybe throw out a couple more names. But uh, first, we got a little bit more business to attend to. So I'm going to go ahead and share a note from our friends at uh, Rival Fantasy. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code Rotowire MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival Protected up to $50. Again, that's play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up. Uh, now it's time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. I'm here with Vlad Settler, the Fab Whisperer, and uh, we are talking about uh, the Fab results from this week uh, as well as uh, just the week ahead. First of all, before we get the week ahead, was there anybody that you missed out on that you're like, ah, I really hope I w- was going to get a little bit more of this guy? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I did want to mention Chris Bubich uh, just yep. because his helium came on with his big game on Sunday. I believe uh, nine strikeouts, six scoreless mm-hmm. innings. Velocity is up nicely. I think like two and a half on the fastball. He's throwing the fastball less, actually, and I think using the curve more. And this is a man that has been awful. Uh, in the major leagues, yes, is, you know, similar to like, you know, Kyle Wright was before Kyle Wright got a full opportunity. And, you know, we've all kind of had our roto crushes, so to speak, with different uh, Kansas City Royal starters in the past. Right. Right. Um, you know, with like Carlos Hernandez. And uh, I mean, I forgot. Right. There's just, you know, Daniel Lynch. And um, even like there was a Kowar phase um, what was named Jackson Kowar. Yep. So yep. every one of these touted Royals prospects and Aza Lacey didn't even make it up, but yeah. uh, he was another guy in dynasty leagues. I think I had in a couple leagues and they just, they totally failed to develop all these guys. Yeah. And I just don't know what to make of Bo- uh, Bubich and man, he went more, he went for more money than elder in mm-hmm. some of my leagues. He's going for, you know, in the seventies, nineties, uh, which is wild, and um, I don't know. I mean, I understand the helium. It's a great ballpark. It's a lefty. Uh, velocity is up, but um, somehow through all the madness, I didn't even get. Um, I actually didn't actually bid on him. Like I was, you know, at least planning to kind of throw him in the mix. So missed out on him. So I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or not. But Timothy Tunk says he's also a Phil guy. That's Phil Dusso, uh, the robot. Um, so there's yeah. another reason why he's getting that helium. Uh, the guy I missed out on was Braxton Garrett was available in some leagues and good start today against the Mets. Uh, Johnny Cueto is going to be on the IL for at least a little while. And Edward Cabrera keeps on walking the ballpark. You don't really have to squint to see a, a scenario there where Garrett sticks in the rotation the rest of the year. So when I was making my Braxton Garrett bit, it was the Edward Cabrera factor that I did not factor in because I'm trying to be careful because I love Braxton Garrett. I think he's a really good pitcher, but these rotations get tight sometimes, right? In, in our starting lineups and you can only spend, right? There'll be like a Braxton Garrett type guy that we like or into every single week. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to spend 50 plus dollars on somebody like this to make sure I get him? And then, you know, two weeks from now, he's no longer in the rotation. And I really want to be careful doing less of those kind of things. But uh, with Cueto coming back, 
yeah, that's the Edward Cabrera factor. I didn't think about. I mean, if the guy continues to walk like that, why would he stick in the rotation? Why would not Braxton Garrett take his job? Nothing worse than seeing a guy walk the ballpark. Just it's just work. It's terrible. I mean, he got lifted without allowing a hit because he walked seven guys on Friday, and mm-hmm. like ah, just so frustrating. It's it's terrible when it's a, a closer. It's even worse as a starter. Uh, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it feels worse when it's a closer because you know you're not because you, you have one job, and if you're not a closer, you're, you're worthless. But uh, it's it's terrible as a starter too. Uh, it just kills your ratios on that. All right, let's look at some schedules. Let's take a look at the look ahead. Uh, we got a, I know you did a pretty good breakdown again on your, on your article guys, check out Vlad's article every week. A lot of great stuff here. Uh, we're talking about here. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, first of all, there's a lot of seven game teams, mm-hmm. uh, start off with the, in the American league O's, Red Sox, twins, Yankees, a A's Rays, and the national league reds, brewers, Phillies, pirates, Padres, and Cardinals Cardinals. We'll finish. We'll start with them. The last one we mentioned there, they get three games in, in Coors field and, they get four games against the Pirates. It's the dream. It's the dream right there. And the you know, obviously they're coming up for their first day in elevation there. I think you know, historically, I mean, we don't know what's going to transpire on this Monday, mm-hmm. but usually te- uh, typically those are a little bit lower scoring games and the teams get going. Obviously the Rockies bats have been there for a few days. So they've right. kind of readjusted, uh, but I would love to see these guys smash, um, you know, kind of the, the fringe guys. I want to see Alec Burleson go off, uh, Nolan Gorman, little Dylan Carlson sprinkled in. I saw, I think Nolan Arenado got his first home run over the weekend. So um, I love this, this Cardinals offense and there's no better place than, than Coors Field. So I hope they don't disappoint. Only problem with the Cardinals is they have like 12, 13 guys that can all play. And they, you know, sometimes Chandler O'Neill gets in trouble with his manager. That was weird, by the way. Just trade him. Yeah. Save him, free him. Yeah. More time for Burleson, Carlson, all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlson's the guy I was on so much last year and not on this year. Uh, so I'm sure he'll turn it around this year. But uh, Newt Bar, I mean, you know, question about Burleson. Does Burleson get any time with Newt Bar back? Well, Newt Bar's not coming back, at least at the start of this week. That's what I think, yeah, or that's what I heard, is that it, I'm not necessarily a setback, but he just won't be ready. And mm-hmm. that obviously helps, I think, the, the Burleson playing time. I think they're going to face one lefty in cores. So Burleson will probably sit that game. So I figure he'll play two of those games in cores. And nice to he- see him hitting second. And yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't really done much, but he's at least kind of getting a hit here and there and you know, RBI here and there. So he might continue to, to hit there. Obviously, you know, Tyler O'Neill, who could easily hit second and, and probably do well there, or maybe even Jordan Walker. I mean, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll probably get Burleson there for a bit. Um, and, and Juan Yepes isn't really playing, right? I think he's just he DH'd a couple times against a lefty, so maybe he'll see Gomber. Yeah, which he can Gomber Gomber. That would be fine. Um, Jordan Walker against Gomber seems like a fun matchup, uh, yeah. and you would like to see that. Well, uh, we got we saw the home run from uh, Walker today. That was nice. He's uh, he's incredible. So a lot of hard contact. He, he's he's been fun, super fun. So yeah, really good uh, matchup. It's just it's just a question of can you get like five games out of yeah, the non-foundation guys in that lineup. I was, by the way, I was going to mention, because you mentioned Jordan Walker, like this NL Rice for Rookie of the Year is going to be outstanding. And I, I hope my boy James Outman can compete with the Corbin Carrolls and the Jordan Walkers of the world. James Outman has been competing so far. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I He, I think you might, maybe it was you that even said it on Twitter. There's a little bit of resemblance to Cody Bellinger, you know, and, you know, how smooth he is. That sweet swing mm-hmm. when he's on. 
before Bellinger got all messed up, um, you know, it just had that swing that was just majestic. I, I still don't understand how Bellinger went, how the milk went bad on him so bad, so quickly and so thoroughly. Yes, and now he's like the you know Cubs cleanup hitter and striking out a couple times a game. I'm sure he'll have his uh, moments in the sun, he'll have his hot streaks for the week. But I mean, yeah. I don't think I'd be surprised at all if James Outman beat him out straight up in fantasy value this year. Yeah, um, and he was actually available in 12s at last, not this week, but uh, the mm-hmm. previous week's uh, free agent betting too. Yeah, yeah, love love Outman, super fun. Uh, love Vargas for that matter too. Uh, the, the, and again, the, the Dodgers are sick because their farm system is just loaded. I mean, there are just so many guys. It's a question when they're going to be ready, but man, they, they just got waves of players and they never have like a top five draft pick and they, yet they still have all these uh, incredible mm-hmm. prospects in their system. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And yeah, more in the way. Uh, but yeah, as far as rookie of the year race, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, is Corbin Carroll going to run away with it? Literally. Maybe. I mean, how many times is Thor going to pitch? <laughs> I don't know. Man, uh, that was a really rough watch watching Syndergaard on Saturday night. Um, just just so much hard contact against him. Do you have um, any Syndergaard exposure, and what are you doing? Are you going to start him against the Cubs at home this week? I, yeah, it like I a bounce do. Back spot, but... I do. Uh, the, the, the best of my three main events, we draft him like the 24th round, and then Got away with a good start, if home start against Arizona, and then he just got torched the set in the in the comeback. Um, I mean, I kind of thinking like, you know, will the Dodgers fix him a little bit? Maybe for home starts, I'll think about that still. But uh, it, it's now a point where it's okay. Before I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll start him on all of his home starts. And now uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I will start him against the Cubs, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it always comes down to alternatives. Um, I, I had the big, I took the big um, <coughs> Michael Waka smack because I, I think I, I've got him on all my most important teams. And so I played him for that first star. We got wrecked, mm-hmm. sat him last week for the gem or this past weekend and uh, rolling him back out there against Milwaukee. Uh, so the good old whipsaw there. I love it there. Yeah. Um, okay. Other good hitting schedules. Uh, Phillies, seven games, four in Great American Small Park. Yes, some tough pitching. Um, two Cy Young con- uh, contenders, I think, in Alcantara and Lazardo, And then they'll face Lodolo, man. That guy was on uh, oh, fire in his start. He must be dude, so happy. Pump that straight to my veins, man. The, 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 the swing and miss by Harrison where the ball hit him on his back knee. I mean, that was – I felt bad for Harrison, but, man, that was funny. Yeah, that's – yeah, he's, he looks really good. I yeah, I have no red starters. Um, yeah, Sorry, Jeff, nothing personal, but – no, He's gonna I make I, me look stupid. So no, uh, let let's talk about that for a second because I don't have Green or I don't I don't have any of the big three. The big three. I'm elevating Graham Ashcraft more than he should be. Oh, I have him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, even Ashcraft got expensive that last weekend. Uh, but I don't have him because well, Green as we've seen it already, he doesn't work deep in the games. Mm-hmm. He gets that pitch count up too high. He wears out quicker. Uh, and then you get the Reds bullpen. And you get the Reds offense supporting him. And you get David Bell and whatever he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that, you know, especially in the case of Green, I thought he was overpriced. I had Lodolo straight up over Hunter Green. I still didn't get him in the mains, unfortunately. I have him in a couple other places, but I don't have that much exposure to them. And it's just for that reason. I mean, this is a bad franchise. You're going to get eight wins out of these pitchers. Uh, and Lodolo is awesome. I think he's an ace someday. But just the question is, can they build up the roster around him in time? 
And didn't his win get blown too? Like he was locked and yeah, loaded. Yeah, Saturday was it was brutal because remember they trust one reliever and that's Alexis Diaz. They had him try to pitch a two inning save on Saturday. Uh, right. First inning, one two three, top of the order, the Phillies order blew him away. Came back and he was not the same pitcher in the second in the ninth inning there and couldn't even you know I think he got one out in the ninth and uh, yeah and that that's and he hadn't pitched since Sunday so I was like well he's well rested he can handle it well it's it's just different pitching that second inning we all think yeah what are these, these pitchers what the hell why can't they pitch two innings well it's now it's their condition that way it's their usage pattern it's hard to get two innings out of most pitchers out of most it, relievers I know I was looking at them and their bullpen and. I mean, I know these names, but it's just a very bad mix of guys. And Mm -hmm. I mean, almost as bad as Washington's. Washington's is horrendous, but man, I don't know. It's a very bad bullpen. Yeah. And they brought Diaz in in the eighth because the day before, I mean, the Reds were close and the bullpen blew it against the Phillies. Um, And this is not the first time that's happened, too. So Mm -hmm. if you can't and, and Bell's never been a manager, just manages strictly closer pitches the night. He's going to be like and it was it was the top of the order. Totally justifiable to bring Diaz in in the eighth, but the problem is, what do you do for the ninth? And that was the, that was the real problem there. Um, so it, it is that they, they just have nobody else. It's really bad. Um, just wait for the summer of Weaver, Luke Weaver, right? Stop, just stop. You're taunting me now. <laughs> um, I, I was a fan how, one day. Uh, how about Grove? Day. Yeah, let, let's go back to the Orange right. Grove there. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, Dodgers, though, I mean, Dodgers get out of you know. Funny thing is, Dodgers have played eight of their 13 games against the Diamondbacks, I think, already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna They're not going to have a whole lot of them left this this year. Uh, they, they do get San Francisco, and then they get the Cubs. It's a pretty decent schedule there. Um, I don't know what to make out of the Giants. They, they just pillage the White Sox at the bats. And they go home and then get shut down at home by the Royals. Yes, and that's going to be – it's a very inconsistent team all season. I was intrigued by and and had bid on David Villar and and uh, J.D. Uh, Davis this mm-hmm. weekend just because they do get some lefties. But, again, some of those lefties are Kershaw and, and Urias. So it's uh, it's kind of a tough spot. But but I think usually, at least we know from DFS, uh, J.D. Davis against lefties is uh, money in the bank. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um yeah, so that, that's that's not too bad of a, a setup there for them. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, the thing is, that ballpark isn't like wasn't totally punitive, but you know, they they who hit the shot today? The big the the go ahead home run. Um, they did they they did a ton of homers this week, so it's possible. Oh yeah, they were. I think in that White Sox series, they hit like thirteen or something. I know like it's crazy. Insane. Not yeah. all of them were by against Kopech. It just felt like that. Uh, Kopech, by the way, righted the ship pretty well today. It was nice to see that. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I don't know. What oh, the home run was Conforto, forward. by the way. Conforto, that's right. Yeah, uh, and, and it was against in a tough win too, and he hit it to uh, you know, hit, or a tough part of the ballpark too. Uh, so uh, against a lefty, no less. So pretty impressive home run by Conforto there. Um, all right. Uh, other schedules that look good. Um, let's see. Like, well, we talked about the Rays already. How about the Brewers going on the road for uh, you know long road trip Arizona San Diego? What do you make out of them? I think they're, I mean you know a top five offense I would say based mm-hmm. on the matchups because you're going to get some Bumgartner. Um, it's going to get a little tougher you know, on the second half of that. I think uh, this the version of of uh, Lugo uh, Seth Lugo for the Padres is amazing. It's now two yeah years. he looked really good again. 
incredible starts and then you're going to get Musgrove back. You get Darvish in the mix, uh, you know, Blake Snell at some point, you figure we'll have some good starts as well. Um, Nick Martinez, the innings eater. It's a pretty good rotation once they're, they get going, but looks like uh, just one lefty for the Brewers, which you know, obviously isn't bad for guys like Rowdy Tellez. Uh, so yeah, I'm, probably we won't see much Luke Voigt, I guess in this case. Probably not. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of them anyhow there, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at the uh, the Tigers, we have a Tigers question here. Uh, thoughts about Akil Madu going against all righties uh, this week uh, against the uh, the Blue Jays in Toronto and home opener for Toronto. I think the last team to maybe open it to get a home opener there. That's on Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, they go home against the Giants again. Giants back on the road. Um, I wasn't that big on Badu. Uh, in AL Tout Wars, he was available. AL only team, AL only league. Uh, granted, it's OBP instead of batting average, so that matters a little bit. But I bet, like, I keep him on as five bucks. Larry mm-hmm. Schechter did 227, so it was just a little off. Quite, yeah, quite a bit off there. Uh, he did lead off these last two days, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, still under 25 years old. He's got some power, he's got some speed. Uh, he's one of those guys, he's in this group with like Joe Adele and some of these other guys where. I don't go crazy. I don't go out of my way, like no matter what they mm-hmm. do in the minors. And then I feel like I'll just let luck take over. Like I'll throw them in the mix. I won't overspend, but if I land on them and it works out, then great. But I, one of those guys I kind of don't go out of my way for, there's just really nothing enticing about the Tigers offense at, at all. Right. I mean, there was even a period of time where you know, Scott Jenstad and myself and others were really into Matt Veerling and that's great and all, but like, it just kind of, you just, there's nothing exciting here. You're not really going to get any, um, not a lot of profit to be had, I think, from a fantasy's perspective for the hitters in this group. Paul's friend of the show, Paul Spore says, don't put that Joe Adele evil on Badu. Uh, we had a, you did the scarf draft with us. You were helping us out, uh, helping out uh, Jake in that league. Um, we have a group chat going on there, and uh, someone said uh, Adele's smashing in Salt Lake City. And I, I kind of made the joke that smashing in Salt Lake City is the baseball equivalent of a band being big in mm-hmm. Japan. Um, yeah, okay, it's great, yeah, yeah. but well, let, let's do it elsewhere there first before it really matters. I'm, I'm, I've been pretty lukewarm, and I feel the same way about Badu. I just the whole point was for me is I, I wasn't going to go out of my way to spend big on Akil Badu, knowing that you know. I want to have a in an ale only league. It's worth it to have a hammer, you know, for the guys mm-hmm. that come over in the trade deadline. I don't think Badu is that guy. I don't think Adele is that guy. It's going to be a big difference maker. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, for example, yeah, I agree with you. And then, for example, Spencer Torkelson got the strikeout rate down. I mean, can hit the ball kind of hard. Still hitting two hundred, but figure at some point he'll kind of start to earn a little bit of that uh, first overallness. Mm-hmm. Um, he's solid, and you know, I think Kerry Carpenter has a nice bat, so. And, uh, and I guess we're still waiting for Javi Baez to get going. I, I don't think he's got him on a couple of teams and just I don't think he's done a thing yet. We might be waiting a while there. We might be waiting a really long time on that one there. Um, I, I, I just I don't see it happening. I, I have I have Baez in one league and it was an A only and it was an auction where I kept on getting outbid on shortstops like fine, I'll bid the extra unit on Baez. And I just knew, OK, that's just going to be bad. And of course, it's been bad. Yeah, it's been it's been bad. Um, any other schedule notes, uh, any, any, uh, players that you'd normally start that you're staying away from that has a bad schedule or a bad start. If it's a pitcher, uh, I did want to mention a couple of six 
uh, teams with six games that I think sometimes are you know, better than the the seven game schedules, sure. and I think those, we have a few of those in this case. Uh, I think the Angels, for example, getting three against Washington and then three at Fenway is a mm-hmm. pretty solid mix. Uh, the Astros are going to get three at Pittsburgh and then three versus Texas is decent. Probably, I think they're going to get Degrom there at some point. Um, Mariners get three in Wrigley and then three at home against Colorado. I think is a pretty nice uh, setup yeah. as well. So, like those six game schedules. I like that. I like that a lot. So. Let's talk about what you do. Um, you you are the Fab Whisperer. You do more than just Fab, though, uh, for FTN Fantasy. Tell everybody what uh, sort of uh, work they can find, article and or and, and also audio as well. Yeah, so the uh, the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast with uh, Matthew Davis uh, at Mattywood. We record that. It comes out every Wednesday. It's just absolutely great to just have the the, the venue to be able to just talk and you know talk fantasy. This is what I love. It's my passion such a you know, great community of, of friends and people that we have everywhere. So to be able to do that is fantastic. And then our work I think is, is, is really solid. We are an NFBC centric focus site, but of course we you know, have now Eric cross on board, handling a lot of handling, a lot of dynasty and prospect yep. stuff. Got Michael Govier, a lot of uh, you know, great musings and, and funny columns. Uh, so it's, it's a really nice mix of stuff. Got draft strategy, hitter, weekly planners, pitcher, weekly planners, uh, my fab article. So ftnfantasy.com. Um, and actually for those that haven't signed up and are still interested, uh, FTN pod is a promo code that we have that would get you 20% off our site. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, we love it Pour my heart into this, um, you know, spend all Sunday doing fab and, and, and helping people with fab and, um, yeah, it's fun. Love it. Absolutely. Um, it's the life we live there Sundays, uh, in, in this industry. Uh, let's finish off with a couple of questions. Uh, we got, you know, some people asking about, uh, you week 2KS uh, Bregman advice. Bregman uh, is off to a terrible start this season. Entered today uh, five for 41, uh, five for 36, 41 plate appearances. Uh, no homers, one RBI, uh, six runs, no stolen bases. All right, all right, all right, how much how much do you get alarmed by hitters after two weeks? I can get more alarmed by pitching, I think, than I can by uh, hitters. Bregman's start is really alarming, but is it really that? Uh, what do you think? No, it's it's fine. It's just, I mean, the, if it, I think like you and Scott would say, if this had happened in the middle of June, nobody would sweat or, or think mm-hmm. about it. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, a zero ISO. It is it is what it is. He's hitting 140. Uh, but he is one of the best, uh, as far as plate patience in the league, when I think of one of only three guys with a uh, walks to strike out, um, you, know, you know, walks to strike out over one over the last few seasons. Uh, and he's got some good matchups. He usually does like to hit the lefties, and he's going to get some fun ones this week. He's going to get old man Rich Hill, uh, old man Martin Perez, not as old, and then Andrew Heaney, who I think is always good for a couple of bombs. So uh, this might be a good week for a little bit of a Bregman bounce back. Yeah, could could very well be. Uh, we mentioned Dre Jamison earlier. Do you start him this week if you've been like stashing him all along, knowing that he, he's been in the relief uh, to start the season there? He gets Miami uh, this weekend. I think it's fine. I think it's always a case of um, who the alternatives are and and who you're looking up, uh, you know, looking up against you know, other considerations. But I I think you can get to five innings this time, and you know, a little bit of a stretch out. It's not the best scenario as far as that's concerned, but the matchup I think is solid. Um, so I would start him if if I had to. Uh, but if you have somebody better, obviously, you know, kind of a vanilla answer. But that's how, that's what it is for sure. Franchi uh, Cordero, uh, Kevin Smith, two guys that uh, have been. Helium guys in the past. Kevin Smith had that flurry of fabs. He's going to get the call on Monday for the A's. 
Uh, it's the A's. I mean, I, I can't get too excited about Kevin Smith. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, nothing to be excited about there. Uh, I think if Scott was here, he would probably, um, probably, probably wouldn't have taken the question because you know it's an ace hitters and it's not into that thing, whole thing. Uh, but yeah, not interested in Kevin Smith. And the other person you named was Franchi. Franchi, yeah, he's he looks kind of reborn there in Yankee Stadium. It's been been a week. Yeah, um, he's a guy I actually accidentally omitted uh, in the article. I, I plan to have him in the update, and then for some reason I thought I had already mentioned him, but. He went for some interesting dollars as well. I saw him go for like 30 plus in some leagues. Yankees face seven righties this week. Yeah. So for what that's worth. Um, so anyhow, uh, we'll finish with one more. A tough start sit. Uh, struggling starters. Uh, all guys you would normally start, though. He needs to sit one. Mr. Grouch is asking this. Chris Sale, Lucas Giolito, or Lance Lynn. Who are you sitting? Uh, well, you got sales at Tampa Bay. Giolito's been struggling and... He gets uh, at Minnesota and the third Lance Lynn also against Minnesota. Oh. Hmm. And you got to sit one. Yep. I think you play sale and Lynn and sit Giolito. Yeah. I'd have to look at this. Like some, I do look at sometimes a uh, history past history against certain teams. It doesn't mean a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. So I'd want to look and see how they've done against some of these batters in the past. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping Giolito's outing against the the, the uh, Pirates is not indicative of the season to come because whew, that was ugly, and I had some pretty high hopes for a bounce back this year, and you know so far they have not been justified. All righty, guys. Uh, appreciate all the questions, all the comments in the chat. We appreciate it. Vlad, thank you for spending your Sunday night with me, uh, filling in for Scott, and taking over, really. Uh, appreciate all, all your help there. Uh, as the Fab Whisperer, I know you're a busy man, so thank you for your time and all your expertise. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it, and good luck this week. You bet. Vlad Seidler, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at Rotogut. Read his work at FTN Fantasy. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with Fred Zinke. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. <laughs>